So you know how most parents stress over how they will financially provide for their growing families? Well, I have a system to show them how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing so they will never worry about being acquired, fired, or laid off ever again. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of the W2 Capitalist. Before we get into today's episode, huge shout out to Josh Christ for leaving us a review on iTunes. Josh says that uh, entertaining, insightful, and actionable. He's got the little flame emoji on there. Appreciate that, Josh. says, whether you're well-established building a real estate side hustle or just getting started carving out a profitable niche that's ready to grow, this is a must-listen podcast for you. Wow. Thank you, Josh. That's awesome. Uh, Jay does an incredible job leading conversations that cover a huge breadth of topics related to the ins and outs of building a thriving real estate portfolio while living a life you can be proud of from leaders who've actually experienced success themselves. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. That is amazing, Josh. Thank you, sir, for that. Um, that review is going to help people, more people, uh, listen to the show, build wealth, and allow them to pursue their BHAG. And all because of you, Josh, Josh Christ. Josh, thank you very much for that, sir. If you haven't left a rating interview just yet, it only takes about two minutes to do. And your rating and review will help others find this show, subscribe, and start building their wealth. Speaking of building wealth, have you ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks, credit card companies, mortgage lenders, student loans, cars, vacations, you name it, right? You'll see that in your lifetime, if you were to do this, if you were to add up all of that, you're gonna see in your lifetime that this can add up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That's hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of dollars that you can be putting to work for you right now. And you're probably saying, Jay, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about the infinite banking strategy. It's called bank on yourself, right? I want you to be able to put those millions of dollars to work for you. And then when the time comes, you can pass those earnings on to your kids. Mark Willis is the guy that finally made the light bulb turn on for me in this whole wealth building strategy. And that's why I've partnered with Mark, not only as a sponsor for the podcast, but also as my agent for myself, me and my wife, we bank on ourselves. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to connect with Mark for a free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy is right for you. For now, let's get into today's episode. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. All right, guys, Kathleen Black is our guest today. Kathleen is North America's leading real estate team coach and trainer, delivering her proven success techniques to agents and teams around the world. That growth is worth billions in additional sales volume annually across her client network, with 80% of her clients being national top 1% producers. The reason I want to talk to her about today was about building a team. In her book, The Top 1% Life Real Estate Edition, 
the real estate agent's guide to free up your time, build your business with confidence, and finally have a life outside of sales, which correlates very nicely for us W2 capitalists. We're working our jobs. We are side hustling on a real estate. We're being there present for our family. We feel like maybe we never get a break and quite possibly don't. And that's why I want to talk to Kathleen about because I realize that I need to build my team out further. Kathleen, the best-selling author of The Top 1% Life, will help you to expand your business at a fraction of the time and cost using a tried, tested, and true KBCC ultimate expansion strategy that was has powered her client growth. Without further ado, let's bring in Miss Kathleen. Kathleen, welcome to the show. I am excited you're here. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. I'm excited to be here. So we are here to, t- and by the way, guys, right before you hit the record button, Kathleen was, uh, I mentioned something about her accent, which she's She's Canadian. You're going to pick up on that here in a little bit. She said, "Ah, I picked up on yours too. And yes, redneck. It is an accent. It's okay. Right. But we are here to talk about your book. And the title of your book is the top 1% life, the real estate edition, which is what drug me, uh, drug me to it. And it's the real estate agent's guide to free up your time, build your business and confidence, and finally have a life outside of sales, which I know is a one is a huge thing. Uh, for real estate agents of when do I get a break, right? And I, while I'm not an agent, um, a lot of our listeners are, and I feel like even though it fits with the, the W2 capitalist model, very, very much so, right? Because W2 capitalist folks have their normal uh, nine to five job, they're side hustling to build a real estate portfolio, and then they have their family, right? Uh, uh, possibly marry, possibly have a couple of kids, so it's almost like, where do we get a break? And I think this is why your book is going to speak to them so much. And if you guys stick around for toward the end, we're going to give you uh, some free resources that Kathleen's been just generously offered uh, while we were chatting before the hit the record button. But tell us about the book. Tell us what inspired you to write the book, why, why you wanted to do that. I'm going through the book writing process myself right now, and it's... It's interesting. It's a daunting task, I should say. But why did you want to write the book and what fueled you to uh, what inspired you to do it? Well, I think initially I was just new. I don't know. It was one of those things I just knew I would write a book, but it it is a daunting uh, process and task. This is very true. Um, So it took a little while. But this the book, this book ended up to be I'll call it a bridge book because I've been coaching and working with, you know, uh, in the real estate world, top producers or people top of their field who wanted to leverage and expand for about 12 years now um, full time. And at the beginning, I was working with, you know, individuals who needed to grow and, and leverage. And I mean, now I have a team of coaches and we work with a lot of like big existing teams. But I wanted to write a book that went back, you know, to the beginning of how I help people kind of build and expand from scratch to have more time. And, you know, that leverage actually is possible. If you have a path to do it, that makes sense. And often not leveraging is actually more risky than leveraging. So, you know, it's a combination of that, but I think it's also the mindset of, you know, the hurdles of what we need to get over to be strong enough to actually use the systems and tools and, you know, paths that are available to us as leaders. I think that's probably the part I'm most passionate Mm. about. You know, I love to help people give themselves permission to do what they were born to do. And I think when that happens, it's a pretty beautiful thing to see. Yeah. You know, and that's, um, just with my story, I think I never allowed myself, I, I, that, that's such a powerful statement. Give yourself permission to, you said, put it so beautifully, but what, what did you say? Give yourself permission to 
Oh, do what you were born to do. Do what you were born to do. Thank you. To do what you were born to do. And and it took me 20 years of being in the W2 world, having a boss, working for public and private companies. And all, all the time, I had this entrepreneurial spirit just burning inside of me. It was a very low flame, right? And eventually, uh, thankfully for, for COVID, I was laid off, right? And I grabbed it and I was like, all right, I'm laid off. This is the blessing we've always wanted because I never could find the courage to do it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of feel like I'm in backed in a corner and that's when I perform my best. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. folks who aren't like that or still stuck in that, they are like that. How do they work toward giving themselves permission to do what they were born to do? Like what's the step in getting past that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense. And it's funny, like I just said, we're, we're uh, working with a new program this morning. That's kind of what we're working on, you know, inside out leadership, like giving our, getting the clarity on who we are, what's important to us, you know, where we actually want to put our resources so that we can say yes to the right things, but often no to the wrong things. And that sounds so easy. I mean, we hear that all the time, but like, it's not easy. Like if you don't have crystal clear clarity, often I always say like my metaphor is a hundred pennies a day, right? Like if you're <laughs> of energy or time or money, you have a hundred pennies, that's it. So once you spend them on the little stuff that life keeps like testing you, oh, I need this, I need this. Like eventually you're like, wait, at the end of the day, I never have any like five pennies or nothing towards what's actually going to day over day build into something bigger. And I think until we realize that, you know, some resources are finite and some are not, um, you know, we kind of trick ourselves into thinking we'll just get there, but it's, it's not, it's knowing ourselves what's important to us and actually allocating the, the resources in that direction. And that's a journey. You know, I think it's a journey we're on yeah. forever. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think that's where, you know, where I got hung up my entire career uh, in trying to figure out what I want to do. Cause I was, I was a perfectionist. Now, my perfection wasn't necessarily really good for somebody else, but it's the way I looked at things and it's the way that I uh, wanted things to happen, so to speak. Yeah. And I would not make a move because I was like, it's not perfect yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's not, I don't think it's ready or not yet. And, and eventually over time, just like you said, I figured out, okay, I don't have to be perfect. I just need to take some action. Right. Yeah. Knowing that uh, with some calculated risk, I'm, I'm taking action that could or could not be the wrong action, but the idea is to eventually reassess and then shift, right? Is that something you teach your your folks as well? Yeah, definitely reassess and shift, but also, you know, uh, throw that anchor into the future, right? Like you have to have a North mm. Star that you're going towards. And I think, you know, it's one of the principles we talked about today, direct for, for in my opinion, top 1% mentality, direction precedes action, right? Like we have this myth of just take action and just go out there and just build it. And <laughs> I, I don't think it's that simple. Like the top people, they're very careful, right? With their resources and where they're trying to go. So yeah, I, I think I think for me, it's like having and most of my clients having, you know, big vision one year or two years or five years really allowed us to kind of course correct very often yeah. back towards where we were trying to go. So how do you know, like you personally, you, you have things you're working on now, right? And you've got these yeah. projects and, and you're I'm assuming that at some point in time you're, you're focused on I just got to take action. I just got to do something how do you know that you're taking the best course of action that you know of at the time? Well, I think there's two different, there's, there's me as a person, right? What right. do I want to do in the company? But then there's also a business and the business in my case is bigger than me as it should be. And I think it's constantly looking at, 
you know, um, having a mentality of the business in the next, uh, like the next 18 months. So in my head, I'm always looking at who's going to be in place in 18 months, what are we going to be achieving? And to me, it's more detrimental not to put those things in place, right, than it is to, so I'm constantly just trying to jump off the cliffs to get there um, as quick as possible, because I think it's, you know, it's the wrath builder mentality, right? It's like, we can (laughs) wait for life to happen to us, or we can go, Hey, I'm building the future into creation. Anyways, I might as well build it into where I want to go. So I mean, for a business, it's different because I'm going to look at, you know, where's my weakest links, where's my strongest links, where am I, where are my opportunity loss or cost high because I'm not growing and I need to uh, adjust with that. So I think they're two different questions, right? Once you have a, a team in business for sure. Yeah. And so right now you said you're thinking 18 months ahead. So when, when Kathleen comes to work, she's like, all right, we're, now we're recording this in the middle of January in 2020, uh, 2021, sorry. And, um, but you're, you sit down and you're, you're planning out what's going to happen in May and June of 2022, what you're saying. Well, I'm trying to build it now. Yeah. Like, I mean, planning, yes, but also to vision, yeah. like, you know, your org chart, like who's on your team, what are they doing? Where, what would you need to have in place to confidently expand? Like, are you putting, you know, big growth patterns? Like last year we came in with a a goal to triple our business. And then, you know, obviously 2020 was an interesting (laughs) year and, you know, we still grew. Um, We did not triple the business, but we grew and we maintained and, you know, we held our people in a strategic mindset, which we're in the coaching business. So that was really important. But, you know, within 10 years, we'll have tripled it or sorry, five years, we were to have tripled it again. So my job is to look at not where we're at now, but what needs to be in place. And so every decision we make now, all those little micro commitments and micro decisions are based on where we're going. They're not based on where we're at now. So I find a lot of businesses get stuck in the good enough and it's working and it's like, you can't do everything at once. But my, my thing is always, you know, if you were, if it's a real estate client, if you were double as busy with this work, if you were triple, mine is if we had a thousand times the business we had now would have worked. <laughs> right. And it really yeah. helps you level up. Well, that's interesting. Is that there's so much to unpack there. I'm going to lose my train of thought. So I'm, I'm going to try to make some notes real quick. And, and, but I want to throw this question at you while I'm doing that is you, you said in order for you to be able to think ahead, right. And be able to do this. And, and you've said the word team, uh, probably a hundred times at this, by this point in time, which, so it's very important for you and you've got a, you've got a good team and you wouldn't be able to think 18 months ahead without that team in place. Right. And I envy that you're thinking that far ahead. I am, um, I am about six months from here. Right. And I only have really have one person. I've got a, a VA that helps me out. I know I need to grow my team but I don't know where like to go next. Like, I don't know necessarily know what to delegate because of, of something you just said is it's, it's not that it's good enough. It's almost to the point of, I don't want to delegate this because I don't think anybody else can do it. You know what I mean? Like to, to my level of, again, perfection. I mean, let's just call it what it is. So how would somebody start? Let's just say they, they have grown their business to a point now and they're like, um, I'm burning my candle at both ends. I have no family time. My wife is getting angry at me. I, I really need to hire somebody to do something. What's the first step in hiring the first person or, or the next person, right? 
Well, for a lot of people, you know, it's somebody, depending on your business, this isn't 100% true, but for a lot of people, it's going to be, you know, the the paperwork, the administrative side, the logistics mm-hmm. side of the business. And, and I mean, if you're a driver, most drivers are not thriving in that area of the business. Like you're talking about perfection, which means you probably have more detail-oriented <laughs> personality, right? But not everybody does. And a lot of drivers are kind of like, oh, okay, I'm getting this done. But the reality is it's usually not a strength for them anyway. So there's a couple of things that I would say, and I'm trying to think there was something when you were talking that I wanted to um, bring up. But anyways, the second piece of it, well, <laughs> oh, I got it. So there's two little flip switches that are really important, right? Like I work with a lot of people in sales, whether it's insurance, mortgage, real estate, you know, they're in sales. And the reality is that um, for those people, most of the time, I mean, they're, first of all, they're kind of, they're demoting themselves often by not getting the help that they need because the hourly value of those tasks are a lot lower. So they'll be like, oh, I'm making more money. But most of the people in sales, when they keep making more money, they're actually making less per hour because they're diluting themselves down. But there's a really important mental shift that I, that just has to happen because if you take that same perfectionist mindset or driver mindset or achievement mindset, whatever it is, right, for your personality and whoever's listening, and instead of looking at it and saying, I'm winning because I get it done, I'm winning because I get it done at this higher, higher, you know, echelon of performance. If you switched it and said, I only allow myself to win when the people around me win. I only win when that administrator or that team member or that marketer or whoever it is for you comes into my environment and they thrive. And unless Mm. they do, I don't even get to tell myself I'm winning because I'm bringing in revenue. It doesn't matter because I'm costing myself the future of the business. And when you help somebody to shift like that, and it sounds again, easy, it's not, it's a massive shift because like we're humans, right? So our egos love the, okay, we're getting it done. We did it right. You know, we're, we're a value, but for team leaders and business owners and, you know, people have a team of people that'll take you under. It's like, I only win if they win. The other thing that I find really helps. um, And I put it this way and I, and I say it this way on purpose because remember I coach, right? So I get (laughs) like coaches are used (laughs) to a lot of pushback. Okay. So I say it this way. All right. So you're telling me you're taking something that you spend maybe 20 or 30% of your time doing, right? Whatever those tasks are. And you're giving it to somebody who's going to spend 100% of their time doing that. And you're telling me we can't get that person. If we profile, we do a hiring process to perform at your level or better. And then like, it just twists your mind, right? And you're like, wait a minute. They've got 100% of the time. And most people are spending even less than they think on the tasks Mm. that they leverage later. So I don't know if you're following, but it's a lot of just perspective changes. And then it's training and profiling and having a hiring process. Like, don't get me wrong. We have systems behind all of that. hundred, Like, it's yeah. not just, you know, ju- like it's educated risk. Not ed- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, that was where I was going to go next is, is, you know, you do need to hire folks. How do you ensure that you hire the right person, right? To fit whatever it is that you need. And then, and then how long do you allow, and this is the perfectionist in me coming out, right? It is, before I even go entertain an interview, I want to know how long am I going to give this person and how much coaching am I going to give this person uh, before I decide, okay, they're the wrong fit and then start the process over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I uh, think it depends if you've got like your system to train and coach them on too. Yeah. Right. Like some people are creating that as they go. So it's like, I'm trying to create this process. I'm trying to hire, I'm trying to train all at once. 
that's next to impossible. Yeah. Like that's really hard. <laughs> it's really yeah. hard. So unless you hire somebody who's going to set it up for you, or yeah. you're going to, you know, like do, that's why people work with companies like mine or many, many others. Like it's not just a, you know, because they're going, okay, like I actually know what's working. I have a set point like to compare mm-hmm. to, and I can get support to get them up and running quicker, like to try to create a position, train it and get them thriving <laughs> at once. Like it, it's not truly not a great recipe, right? Yeah. Well, you're, you're touching all the right buttons over here, <laughs> uh, but, but it's good. I mean, it, it's almost like you, you got to start with the documentation and then yeah. have the training to be able to set those persons up. Yeah. for success. And I love that line of, I only win when the people around me win. And I, I absolutely despise the, the quote of somebody saying I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm like in America, you're not a self-made millionaire. There's no freaking way that you, your ego may be feeding you that line and making you think that, but you, you received help from somebody, some system, something other than just you and you alone. Uh, and I, I despise people who say that I just, it's, it's not, it's not something I'll ever, mm-hmm. um, come out of my mouth unless I'm picking on them. Right. And I'm making yeah. fun of them because I, I truly believe that. And kind of back to the hiring process, cause not every, I mean, e- even though it is a hiring process, somebody's going to slip through the cracks. Some stragglers are going to slip through the cracks. They're not going to, you know, meet the, uh, meet the performance that you want them to. Mm-hmm. How, long do you give them up to realize, all right, this person's gonna not is not gonna win in my system. They are destined to do something else, right? And and move on and allow them to move on. Well, you know, like if if you believe your business is a mirror of you for lead, you know, as a, a leader, as a person of talent, genius, whatever you're bringing, then I mean I think a great leader is going to keep working with them until they know they've done everything they can. And once they know everything, they've done everything they can. Now they have a reference point again. Now they have a set point. (laughs) So next time they know, Hey, I went through this because think like there's valuable learning there as leaders. I find every time your company expands, you hire new people or different people, you're learning how to lead at that level. And we get better and better at it. And the better we get at hiring and training and recruitment, the more success that people who we hire have. It's not just about like, I truly believe environment um, outperforms talent in most situations. Mm -hmm. There's some outliers, but the average is it, it, it does. And, you know, I agree with you. Everything's co-creation, but our perform most of the time people are only going to perform up to the expectations of their environment. So I'm really careful with that question because some leaders need that time because they're learning how to set it up properly. Um, But once you have it, I, I think it's, it's also as the business grows, sometimes you have people who are great and they don't see the vision of the future. They don't fit anymore. And I mean, it's like anything else. If you put too much value in any one person, it's like you're almost putting the energy backwards because it's Mm. like, it's that vacuum where it's more valuable. Like you really want them to stay. And I think as leaders, we have to always be open to change and growth and and whatnot. So it's, it's a good question you gave me, but it's a hard one because it depends on what they're doing and how trained they were. And, you know, like there's so many factors to it. So that's the engineer coming out of me where everything has to be objective for it to make sense. Right. Instead of a subjective answer. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. Uh, so I, I love the way you answered it though. And, and something you said there about, you know, environment outperforms talent almost every time there are definitely some outliers to that, but you know, as a real estate investor, you know, and as real estate investors listening to this, 
you have to look at your business, at your investing activities as a business, right? And a lot of us don't. A lot of us, if if we're if we have our W two job and we're we're not, uh, you know, we're not even we're looking at. And for the longest time, I called it a hobby, right? Hey, well, no, it's my hobby. I mainly said that because I didn't want my boss to get mad that I was investing on the side because I knew he wouldn't understand it and we would ha- he would have issues with it. And um, so, you know, I want to encourage everybody listening to this. If you're just starting or if you're almost to that point where you don't need your W-2 anymore, treat your investing like a business and think, be thinking about what your next hire is because it, you're, it, something you said at the very beginning where it just allows you to think ahead, right? For Look forward down the road, uh, 18 months for you, six months for me, which I, I don't know. I think maybe I need to hire a couple more people to allow me that longevity or that runway. But it's just one of those things, treat it like a business and think about your next, next talent. And, and you said something in your book, you you know, you give us a few myths and truths in your book and chapter three is probably one of my favorite ones. And, and this is, I've told myself this story a long time, uh, a lot too, is that teams take the myth is teams take too much time and money to develop. But the truth is, as you put it, the function of a team is to provide you more time and money with less expense and less effort. Mm -hmm. That's, exactly true i just can't get over that mental hurdle uh that mental break of that's what i need to do so any advice for for guys like me who are sitting here they're working a full-time job they're trying to side hustle investing and they're like oh if i only had time to do this instead of saying if i only had time i should be saying if i had somebody to fill this gap for me Mm -hmm. where i could just spend 10 or 15 minutes with them a week and then do the rest of it how can i get over that mental hurdle how can Everybody listening to this, get over that mental hurdle. Well, I think there's a couple of things. And first, like, I think with you saying, you know, the six months and a lot of people relate to that, right? With the business, you know, getting a two-year or one-year, two-year, five-year, even 10-year, not everyone can do that. Even like, <laughs> somewhere like that. Um, but vision, it, it get, like tension creates urgency, right? And we can create our own tension, our own urgency by having these visions, because when we have the vision of two years from now, we're going to reverse engineer it. So all of a sudden it's like, I need to know myself. I need to know my strengths and weaknesses first, because joy comes into this. Like money is not money is important, but it's not everything. Like, I think at a certain point you get to the point where you're like, I have enough money and I'm miserable. Do I really want to create <laughs> life this way? Right. So it's like, what do I actually love to do? Cause I have more longevity there. What are the things that I actually cringe at that are exhausting me, that are draining my energy. They're costing me more than the money of doing them because they're affecting my others. How much are those worth at market value? And all of a sudden you can look at it and say, well, if I could do double the time in my genius area that I love, that usually is what makes the business the most money, not always, but usually, then how much would I actually be making more by putting that person to do, you know, this list of other things. And then you do it every quarter. It's not like you stop. Like the reason I can live in the future is it's okay. I used to love managing, for example, I used to do a lot of management still in our company. And about a year and a half ago, the company just grew again. And I realized, you know what, I'm not a good enough manager. Like I'm a good leader. I'm a good inspirer, (laughs) but I'm not like this manager stuff. Like this is going right. So all of a sudden the realization was we moved all that off my plate. And what happened instantly, I was still full with the other things. I wasn't even seeing the opportunities in the business because I was capping myself with the Mm. stuff that I was not doing well anyway. 
and it was costing us. So I, I'm a big believer. Like I do, I chart everything. So you're hearing me talk like vision and <laughs> like right now I'm building a new program. I'll chart all like everything cost of like cost of sale, cost of salary. Like you, if you actually run the numbers and ask yourself if there are more opportunities on the table, if you moved it over, not everyone would make more money, but most people would. And the other side of it is to give yourself, like, I'm a big believer in incremental goals. So if I can't afford it yet, I'll say, where do I need to get to? So I can say yes and still be in an educated risk position and I'll chart it out and I'll hold myself to it. I'll say, you're right. Right now it's a little bit too scary, but you know what? The minute I hit that boom, and I'm, everything I do leading up to is preparing. So the yeah. minute I hit that benchmark, I can, I can leverage myself even more. And then it just keeps going. It becomes like a mental mental trick kind of thing yeah, like, to constantly yeah. organize that way. Yeah. That's that's good. And do you ever drift away from that system that you have? And be like, oh, I need to get back on track. Uh yeah. Well, I feel like a course correction is constant, right? Like I'm yeah. a bit, like, you know, it's not everybody course corrects just some people take two weeks, other people take two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or some people take two years. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And constantly, you know, like, and, and I mean, I think like everybody else building a business is at times was exhausting. You know, as a single parent, two little kids, like yeah. I, I've never had enough resources to do what I've done. Never. Like to yeah. me, bending money, time and energy is a necessity. So yeah, like there are times where I had like this summer, I checked, like I went and hiked 800 kilometers across Spain. Like we raised money for shelters and I kind of checked out. I was like, I'm keeping my team employed. I'm not letting anyone, anybody go. I'm downing my salary and COVID. Like <laughs> I need to check out a bit. So yeah, for sure. How did you, so how did you come back from that? How did you shift back? Cause you're gone for how long? I don't know how far 800 kilometers are. It sounds like a really long way, but, um, <laughs> yeah, how many it, months did that take or, or weeks? All right, y'all, we're going to take a break from the interview with Kathleen right now and talk about, we're talking about teams, right? And that's the theme of today's podcast. I want to challenge you. I want to ask you who is in your circle? Who's your team? Who's your team that's keeping you accountable to do more, right? Who's your, who's in your team to help you invest more and study more and sharpen those skills, right? If the answer to that is no one, I want to invite you to apply to the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a virtual mastermind built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing. We have over 20 calls a month that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. And it's a way for you to get connected with like-minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed. They don't even know you and they want to see you succeed. I can, I can guarantee you that. Um, they have been through, most of them have been through what you're going through and want to help you stay accountable to building your own success. I'll give you a link at the end of the show as well as suggest next steps for you. But for now, let's get back to the interview with Kathleen. Well, it was supposed to take me 30, well, anywhere from 34 to 38 days. And it's across Spain in the mountains, medieval. It's beautiful. Um, Camino de Santiago, if anybody's ever heard of it. But um, so it's a pilgrimage, really. It's like okay. people are called to do it. But it ended up to take me, what is it, 26 and a half days? <laughs> like, because wherever <laughs> you go, there you are. And, you know, for some reason, it was like, it was a unique year to go. There's lots of things. But my team was good. They gave me, well, we had to do two weeks of quarantine, but they gave me a week of kind of like uh, 
buffer in. I was still doing some things. But you got reacclimated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but week two, I was slammed for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I was just right wow. back in it. But this, you know, this this is uh, this is life. It's like you're on season, off season, right? I got my off yeah. season, so I was good for my on season. That's that's good. That's, how did you take the How did you take the news of um, and maybe you wanted it. I don't know, but you know, being at the top of an organization, I feel like there is some management always involved, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's part of the role, but how did you take the news of, all right, you're, you're no longer going to manage. You're going to focus on this. Was that like a big relief for you? It was a slap in the face. What was the, how did that go for Um, you? I think it was a couple of things. No, like I identified it and I went to our directors, like our leadership team. And I think it was a couple of things. It was an awareness because I'm constantly trying to say, what's the next thing I need to give to somebody else Mm. um, in my, and I'm nurturing certain people. So some people it's like, I'm going to give them, drip them more things over time. Um, But it was an awareness of, you know what, I'm struggling with this A, B, I've got other leaders in positions who are very capable and should really probably be a time to take this on. So I didn't look at it. I looked at it more at um, allowing the leaders in place to take ownership and responsibility and thrive at what they're good at. And that's what they did. And I gave them more room to grow and they did grow with it. So I think they were, you know, they felt I was humble and vulnerable to tell them like, hey, I'm not loving this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they and they probably respect you more of a as a leader now because you were able to do that, right? And you were able to say, "Look, this is an area that I suck at. You, um, you would be you're great at it already. I just need to turn it over. Here you go. You know, I mean, I, I think that's awesome. Um, back to back to the the plan, right? And getting refocused and whatnot. Uh, in, in the You've got a line in your book. It says expansion does not have to be painful, although it does have to be focused and brave. How do you how do you maintain the focus? And it's kind of my second way to ask this question because it's something that I struggle with. Is mm-hmm. you know, and I even teach a course on the you know using uh, Brian Moran's twelve week year and how to stay focused and whatnot. But even I'll and I get amazing stuff out of that when I follow it. And, yeah. you know, people who, who, who have, have uh, completed the course get amazing stuff out of it. And then it's almost like I'm so exhausted from going through it in 12 weeks yeah. that I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a break from this. And then I'll look up and it's a year later and I'm like, I, why didn't I actually do more, you know? So how do you stay focused? And is it one of those things where maybe I'm pushing myself too hard or, um, or am I just, don't have the system to roll from one quarter to the next and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, it's like staying focused. Like to me, it's, it's where am I getting, like, I always want to have my finger on the pulse of the business, right. In certain Mm. places. So if I feel like we're not getting traction, like I'm very sensitive to wait a minute, like what's, what's going on, (laughs) right. These ads are out. We're like, we're tracking and monitoring, um, all the different areas of the business. Now, was I always there? No, there were points where I was like, just get it up and running enough so I can track it and try to get it going forward. But I I think it really is like that vision, you know, the vision of the future pulling you forward. Like it has to be that clear. So it's not that I'm holding back and going, what do I do? Or maybe do I do this? It's like, I've got people around me who I've put in place who it's a necessity for us to grow and move forward, right? Like they're in place for us to hit our next goal at all times. So uh, I think a couple of things, I'm not scared to book myself 
quite aggressively in my role in the business. Like I'll get very clear and go, this is what I need to be doing. And I will hold myself accountable. Like I'll sell a program before I built it because guess yeah. what? When, when you have money coming, like if you can't sell it, there's no point in building it. Right. Like I know that's yeah. <laughs> backwards to a lot of people, but like, you know, it's like an investment. Like if you can't pull out money, you can't refinance, you can't do the burrow approach. You can't like, like, why even do it? Like it just, yep. but in business, we get in this idea, well, I'll build it and see how it goes. Like, no, if I can't get traction with it, so I think that that's a piece of it. I mean, honestly, I'm a natural, um, I love energy. I love momentum, right? I love flow. Yeah. So to be in a business without, feel, like, it's almost like, you know, I think it's, uh, what is his name says this? It's another team thing. But it's like, if you ask a room of entrepreneurs, like, how do you feel without momentum? It's like, you feel like dead. Like, you feel like you're not alive. Mm. Like having that pulse, once you feel it is just such a beautiful thing. So to be honest, one of my get like I just came off a program and everyone said, when I'm around you, I feel like focused and inspired <laughs> and, you know, strategic because those words come out of, like folk strategy, focus and being efficient, not wasting time is part of my nature. And I think that's why I help other people because to me, I can't imagine not naturally doing yeah. it. So you're, you're probably like me and you hate Sunday, Sundays and Saturday. Like there's because it's downtime, it, it, you know, and with having young kids, I, I have to remind myself, I, yeah. it's something you need to do. You need to spend more time with them, blah, blah, blah. And not blah, blah, blah. I don't mean it in that way, yeah. but it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, but there's so much like, why hasn't this person responded to me yet? I need to send them another email, but it's Sunday afternoon. Are they going to feel like it's weird that I send them on, yeah. you know, early on a Saturday morning or at midnight on a Friday night, you know, and I'm like, I just, I can't turn it off sometimes. And some people don't like that. And some people do, some people gravitate toward that. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes I just kind of put the brakes on and think, all right, am I nuts or am I just listening to the wrong people? <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I spent yesterday building a program, but then, you know, my other half kind of said, I'm so proud of you for working so hard. I said, no, no, no. Like those days are done. Like <laughs> there's no way I should have been doing that yesterday. And I'll kind of tell myself off yeah. because I need the, re my brain's better with recharge and every study they show we're more efficient. We're more creative when we put it down, but it's just mm -hmm. putting it every year. I go on a big adventure. My business grows. And in the past, I would have never given myself permission. Right. And, and why? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm better off with it. So I hear you because I'm task driven. Like I, I'm very active on my downtime, but I'm very creative. Like I'll get a million business ideas out, like stand up paddleboard. It's just because you're relaxed. Right. And your brain yeah. can work. Yeah. 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 And, and just for reference, she said yesterday, so we're recording this on Monday. She's talking oh, about Sunday yeah. uh, when, when that happened. So that's incredible. So, um, 2021 every year you plan a big adventure do you have your big adventure plan for this year well I, i'm kind of like i'm in canada and i mean us is the same thing with uh it's been an interesting year and they're yeah, talking about restricting travel again and i mean when i went last year it was uh i i believe everything i've done great in life has been because i refuse to live in fear but i am respectful and careful and you know community-based yeah. person i want to protect people around me but um it's, it's a good, you know what? I'd love to do the Camino uh, again, but I have Kilimanjaro on my list. I want to hike <laughs> that. And there's just so many adventures to go on, right? So it'll depend on the year. Uh, if not, I might go on some local uh, hiking adventures this year. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll see. Looking forward to hearing what, what you decide and what you, uh, what that, that's, that's incredible. I used to be, um, I used to hike and trek and uh, no longer. It's 
just interesting story around all that, but no longer in my uh, repertoire. Of course, I'm not nowhere near in the shape uh, to do it either. So that would be a whole thing. All right. So we're getting up close on time. I th- matter of fact, I think we're over on time. You, do you have a few moments to entertain us with some off the wall sure. questions? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, so speaking of travel, uh, how would the world, this is off the call question number one, I'm going to give you three. Uh, how would the world be different if Zeppelins had caught on and were the dominant form of air travel today? Zeppelins? I don't even yeah. know if I know what it's, I'm, I'm drawing <laughs> a blank. Like as in, what are like the blimps, like the blimps, you know, like the big, uh, the big blimps. It was back in uh, World War II, I think it was, yeah. they were used. Okay. And do you know what I'm talking about? Like you go to a sporting event and like the Goodyear blimp, yeah, they show up. Are, yeah. So, yeah, that, so it's similar to that. You have to understand, like, I haven't watched TV in, like, I don't know, 18 years. I don't know if cable. I'm one of those people. I'm <laughs> very it. careful about what my brain sees and takes in. That's um, awesome. How, how would travel be different if there were still blimps? I don't even know how many people would end up on a blimp. I think we'd chill and relax a lot more because we're used to quit. I don't think we're that fast. <laughs> I'm going to answer that. No, I that. don't think they're, they're definitely, they're, they're definitely not. Like, we could fly from here uh, to Costa Rica in about three hours. Right from oh, where we're at, so we're in, yeah. in um, Florida, yeah. and uh, no, not on a blimp, uh, not on a zeppelin. It's definitely yeah. not going to be. <laughs> it's definitely going to take longer, uh, and I think the world needs a little bit more chilling out. Yeah, I think so. so. Uh, not to pick on any airline pilots, I know a couple, but uh, that's uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting yeah. perspective. All right, so question number two. Uh, I'm not going to ask you that one. <laughs> Uh, if you, here we go. If you put out a brand of beer, wine, soda, or another beverage, mm-hmm. what would it be? What would you call it? And how would you differentiate, differentiate your brand? Oh my gosh. Well, I don't drink beer, so we won't say beer, a beer, wine, or soda. Yeah. You know what? I think to me, well, because I'm, like I've probably spent more time visiting wineries than I should. That's another thing. Not lately. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think I would uh, create a wine and I think I would have it based on a process. Like some of my favorite places, they all, like everything, they have beautiful stories, right? Of like how their family, like there's a place in Niagara on the Lake that cre- does the official, like, I can't remember, a passamento rapas. I'm probably saying it wrong. Italian's like, oh my gosh. But style, and they've taken it, like their family did it in Italy, and they were the first ones to bring it here. And, you know, they have beautiful wines. They sell out their batches every time. They're lovely. But it's also just like, there's such a belief in that. Like, I'm a big legacy mm. person, and I just, I, there's their family business, and they're, they're also, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they constantly want to master the best of the best. And I love people who make the impossible possible. Right. So I would That's do something awesome. like that. Yeah. What would you call it? Oh my gosh. What would I call it? I don't, that is a good question. Hmm. What would I call it? I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe we found the perfectionism in you right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? We we once launched this personal development coaching that was called Core Pursuit, but K-O-R-E. And it's based on yeah. a um, Greek goddess that was like essentially, you know, powerful, uh, like getting people in alignment and whatnot. So maybe I'd do that. K-O-R-E. I like, it. Or, I, hey, I like that. When you do that, I will, I will buy a bottle for sure. Thank <laughs> you. That's awesome. All right. Last one. If you if every time you snapped your fingers, you were instantly transported to a random point in humanity's timeline, would you snap your fingers? If so, how often? Uh, 
Yeah, I think I would snap my fingers. And I don't know how often, anytime I wanted to reconnect, because I've done a lot, like when I did the Camino and did things, I have a, um, I have a keen interest on energy points and places that people have been drawn for, you know, thousands and thousands of years and the history of how it's gone, like pagan to Christian to what, right? Like to, yeah. to all these things. So I think I would love to go back and see, you know, where people drawn to the same experiences to align themselves, right? With the yeah. energy points as now so yeah i don't know exactly what year but hey i'd love to see it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh kathleen thank you for entertaining those questions uh there for and, and your time today it's it's been incredible to talk with you and uh for anybody listening one of the things that kathleen kathleen sorry uh, offered at the very beginning of this before he record is is a free virtual copy of her book the top one percent life and you can find that at top one percent life.com that's t-o-p the numeral one spell out the word percent life.com it is the real estate edition you can find it if you'd prefer to get a, a hard paperback cup uh cover or if you're a kindle subscriber it's on amazon as well and you can find out more at kathleenspeaks.com right uh anything else that we should cover today no, I don't think so. Just for anybody listening, the publisher who picked up the book, the actual release who will be all across North America bookstores next week, January 26th. Um, but that is top 1% life shift from chaos to calm in your business and life. So it's not, that's not just for real estate. Um, and that'll be all over main bookstores. So I that's think for everybody are, listening yeah. today, whether you own real estate, want to get into real estate, we all are in chaotic chaos some form of chaos every day uh so that one's going to be for it for everybody yeah so. that one's for everybody but no thank you so much for uh having me jade it's been a pleasure absolutely same here and i will touch base with you real soon all right y'all i hope you enjoyed this episode with kathleen i owe you a couple of links and uh, we're going to go in the order that i mentioned them number one to connect with mark on seeing if the bank on yourself concept strategy is right for you you can schedule your free 15-minute consultation at w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash B-A-N-K. And for more info on the mastermind and come and check us out and getting your team surrounding you, that's going to push you to do more, invest more, and just connect you with other like-minded investors. Check us out at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. That's where you can apply to do that. Here's what I recommend as next step for you. Number one go grab your virtual copy, your free virtual copy of the top 1% life shift from chaos to calm in your business and life that Kathleen offered there toward the end of it. You can get this copy at top1percentlife.com. That's T-O-P, the numeral one, spell out percent, P-E-R-C-E-N-T, life.com, top1percentlife.com. Step number two, if you're not part of the W2 Capitalist community, I want to invite you to join us there. It's w2capitalist.com forward slash community. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash community. And that third and final step that I recommend for you today is if you haven't gone back and listened to the last couple of episodes here of the podcast, go back and do that now. We've had some really amazing guests here in the last couple of weeks, and I don't want to miss, I don't want you to miss out on anything there, right? So go back, listen to all that. And if you want to catch up on everything and just make sure you're alerted to, to when new stuff comes out, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you feel inclined to do so, we love ratings and reviews. It lets us know what works, what doesn't, and where we need to improve our game here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get out of here and let's go and earn, invest, repeat.